Hey, Osiris listeners. We want to tell you about our friends at Sunset Lake CBD who support this show. Sunset Lake CBD is a Vermont hemp farm crafting affordable CBD products designed to help with sleep and stress without breaking the bank. If you haven't tried CBD before, take it from me, it's a game changer. I use Sunset Lake's tincture every night before I go to bed, helping me get solid, restful sleep. And their gummies are great for daytime. Check out their new Good Vibes gummies, which have just a bit of hemp-derived THC to help you relax and unwind. Sunset Lake CBD crafts products with hemp grown on their family farm and ships them directly to customers. They have tinctures, salves, edibles, coffee, smokables, and even pet products. By the way, their CBD chocolate fudge is awesome. Check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use coupon code TIME for 20% off all products. Sunset Lake CBD, farmer-owned, Vermont-grown. Osiris. Hey, this is Oteal. If you're liking what you're hearing, head on over to patreon.com forward slash comes a time pod and get your bus pass for an extra episode every week. What's up, everyone? Skull and Roses is back to four day festival, exploring unique interpretations of Grateful Dead music and community that surrounds it. The festival is entering its fourth installment and will take place at the holy grail of the West Coast Grateful Dead scene, the Ventura County Fairgrounds, California, from April 7th through the 10th, 2022. And this year, the festival welcomes Grateful Dead bass player Phil Lesh, slated to appear as Phil Lesh and Friends, Dark Star Orchestra, O'Teal and Friends, back for their second festival appearance, and Melvin Seals and JGB back for their fourth appearance. The lineup also includes acts like Jackie Green, Keller Williams, Circles Around the Sun, Midnight North, and Pink Talking Fish. The festival will feature daily themes and parades, artisans, vendors, local beer and food, as well as daily yoga and sound healing experiences. Mm, I want to get really on that. Sound healing's awesome. Head to skullandroses.com to purchase your weekend and single day passes while supplies last. And while you're on there, check out Wall of News, an exclusive content hub related to all things dead. Also of note, our very own Osiris podcast, No Simple Road, will be there recording on-the-ground coverage and interviews. I did one with them last time I was there. So be sure to check out their socials and feeds to hear more about what's happening at Skull and Roses. Again, head to skullandroses.com for tickets and go shake your bones. At the same seaside site where 11 legendary Grateful Dead concerts took place from 1982 to 1987. We're keeping it going, y'all, best we can. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Comes a Time. That's O'Teal. And that's Mike. We got a good roller coaster ride for you this time. <laughs> we have a Jembist. Jembist. Jembe Fola. Weedy Brema. Man, this cat, 111 generations of drummers direct down to him. And uh, his mom and dad were both drummers. 
this cat is just some Adam Deitch told me he's like, you need to meet this dude. He's like, mm. when O'Teal and Weedy get together, it's gonna be and man, he's like a walking encyclopedia of African folkloric traditions. It's yeah. really stunning. <laughs> It, it, it's absolutely amazing. I remember early on in the pandemic, I hit you up and was like, give me something new to listen to. And you sent me a YouTube video of him. And I, I like fell deep into a wormhole. And just to be able to chat with him and to be excited, I'm I'm going to be able to catch you guys playing live together. April what, was April 5th and 6th at the Blue Note in New York. The Blue Note. Right across the street from the cellar in the VU where I, you know, my, my home. So I'm so, so excited. And it was so, man, we have some certain guests where it's just I get to sit here and go like wow I get to listen to this <laughs> and this was Every one time of them, I'm yeah. with him is like that you just learn so much and I'm just like god yeah he, he's just he's amazing he's so full of life and full of energy and and enthusiasm and it's 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 and he's hilarious he absolutely really hilarious funny. so guys support and and he time magazines what Top 10 Top albums 10 of albums. 2021. Yes. Number seven, uh, Hands of Time. It's really, I remember it, uh, one of the last times I was at a New Orleans Jazz Fest. This must have been before Dead and Cut Me, actually, I'm thinking. Or was it after? Um, anyway, I went and I was seeing a bunch of stuff. You know, I was playing a bunch of gigs. And <clears throat> Weedy's band was playing... I forget the place, the name of the place now. But I went and saw it, and I was just like, oh, my God, this is the best thing at Jazz Fest. Like, if anything, yeah, of all of it, big stages, little stages. He did this thing where he was like, he was singing these things. And like these, these ladies came up, like, towards the end of the concert, and I guess they were like the African dancers that were part of the group. Uh-huh. <clears throat> And they were at the front, and he was just calling these things, and it was like it was moving them like marionettes, like their wow. hips and stuff. He's like, the drum would go, and, <laughs> and I was just like, "What is happening, man?" I just, it was so, it was just so intense, and I was like, "That's the best thing at Jazz Fest." God, so I, I've just been well, yeah, and, and wait and, for these shows. Yeah, and and what's what's amazing here in that, and then also. If you guys go watch on YouTube videos of him playing after you yeah. listen to this, I mean, it's unreal. The th- the thing, it's like, how is that coming out of two arms? But it's also, a force of nature. He really yeah. is. But then what he says in this, which makes me even more excited about Blue Note, is he's like, I haven't even able to play live because we've been locked down. <laughs> so th- the energy he's going to bring, it's a two years of like inertia that it, that's going to, he's going to punch through the drum, <laughs> dude, like, you know? So yeah. it's going to be amazing. But check him out. Support Weedy. <laughs> Thank you so much, Weedy, for coming on. I mean, that was so fun to listen to. I could listen to yeah. I mean, God, hours and hours. But... um. <laughs> If you enjoy this, we've got a lot more over at Patreon. So head on over to patreon.com slash comes a time pod. Um, I've got stand up dates at mikefenoya.com. O'Teal's got a ton of dates coming up too at, uh, is it O'Tealburbridge.com or O'Teal.com or? Either one. Perfect. Whatever you put in, it's going to go straight to mine. <laughs> so check it all out. And thank you guys so much for listening. And thanks to Osiris for having us. And uh, we'll catch you next time.
I like blue. The red is just for the album cover. Just you know, don't don't let that flu. But my favorite color is blue. My mother <laughs> liked me in red. Ah, for moms. Yeah. <laughs> I, tell me, let me straighten this out right at the top of the podcast because I've been telling people all this. So I'm have, I hope I haven't been lying this whole time. But but right before I met you, Deitch, Deitch was the one that said, man, you got to meet Weedy. I think he was the one that told me you're like all these generations. Oh, well, drummers, yeah. Like a, 111, 111 on one side and mm-hmm. 69 on the other side or something. Yeah, it's like, it's like, on my father's on my father's side is 111 generations. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Right? But all my drummers. All drummers, all musicians, oh all drummers for, for Royal Family. But on my father, on my on my mother's side, I'm four generations. And that's wow. the way, that's dealing with my grandfather, who I'm named after. So I'm the, my grandfather's namesake. His name was Nathaniel Weedy Morris. And everybody knew it was Weedy. Now out of the out of his family, they came from uptown from New Orleans. Now out of all 10 of those uh brothers and sisters. Five of them were drummers. Weedy being the eldest, 
And the first one to make it as a drummer in New Orleans and who had, had traveled with Illinois Jackhead and a couple other people. What? And Oscar Peterson. Yeah, he was with Oscar Peterson. What? And the Big Bang. Uh, yeah, and he played with uh, Jackie Davis on the Big Bang Hammond album. Yeah, you can look it up. And the youngest of the brothers being a man by the name of Leo Morris that we all know as Idris Muhammad. Mm. <laughs> he, my grandmother, my great-grandmother, his his mother, Weedy's grandmother, used to get mad at my grandfather because he never allowed my uncle to play his drums. He said, the little motherfucker can't touch my drums. So, <laughs> and he said, now you can't do that now, Weedy. That's your baby brother. He said, he got to get it on his own. And so what he used to do was he used to follow my grandmother to the the old um like the um the washing um uh, what they had the dryers but it was a stump like a pressing the pressers the old pressing dryers so mm. that's where he came up with his style if you ever listen to the way he played came from the he imitated the pressers that's came from from wow. that so so one day he took it upon himself to play. You remember like of uh, uh, Brothers where he said, don't touch my drums, man. So one day he took it upon himself to play my grandfather's set he left at the house. And they got into a big fight. And it was at that point my granddaddy said, the hell, my granddaddy said, the hell with this, I'm out. So him and Earl Palmer went and yeah, this is, again, they left. They left New Orleans. They both went to Xavier together. So a little history. Dude, yeah. people that, that don't know. It's, <laughs> okay. The history of drums in America. And then you got to go to New Orleans. Like Earl Palmer is like yes. Abel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? One of probably the most recorded drummers. Yeah. I mean, Jesus, man. Wow. He told wow. my He told my mother. He says, and I owe Weedy a debt for the rest of my life. I told him I was going to watch out for it. Because he used to be, Earl Palmer used to be over the uh, Musicians Union in L.A. back in the 70s. Mm. And so my mother was trying to become a, try to, you know, go to L.A. as a drummer, a female drummer. And my granddad said, well, and I ain't letting you go out there on your own. Because she was like the hell with it. Her and a, a friend of hers named Daryl Fennessy from East St. Louis, we're going to go run to L.A. and become stars. So <laughs> Daryl said, come on, Ann, let's go. And he said, okay, I want to go. So he said, I'm not waiting for you, Ann. So he went on the win. Daryl Fennessy went, ended up working and getting the gig later in his career when he became older with Michael Jackson. So all of the live Bucharest videos that, that other, he was with him. <laughs> but in the 70s, when he went out there, he left before my mom and never turned back. He never turned back. So what he wow. did was my granddaddy was like, okay, well, I'm coming to, uh, I'm, I'm coming with you to LA. Ann. I'm going to come to LA with you. I'm going to come to LA with you. And when I come to LA, I got somebody you need to meet. And it was Earl. Wow. And Earl said, I'm going to set her up. I'll make sure she's good. I'll make sure she's straight. But she got to stay out here. But she didn't do it. <laughs> well, there's more stories to come on this. So that's just beginning. But yeah, basically, yeah, both sides of the families are drummers. He's either being, you know, all my life, for my little almost 40 years, come April 29th, my birthday, 
40 years of my life has been dedicated to drumming. It could have been a cook, but I'll burn my damn food. But <laughs> 40 years of my life was dedicated to drumming. You know what I'm saying? Both yeah, on the folklore. The story mm-hmm. about your granddad, I don't know which granddad it was, didn't believe that women should drum. And then he met your grandma. <laughs> no, that's my mom and my dad. Okay. <laughs> so the story goes. Now, it's, it's, so here's the whole story. This is a, now, I'm so happy you're saying this. So in 1978, 79, or 79, or 79 going into 80. A man was touring um, East St. Louis, and he was touring through East St. Louis. He went to St. Louis, which is right across the bridge from St. Louis, from East St. Louis. It was a venue called the um, the Kill Auditorium, right? At the Kill Auditorium, a gentleman that you probably heard of named James Brown was performing there, right? So James Brown is all part of this story. So this this bear with me. It's a, it's a, it's a cool story. So James Brown was. <laughs> in town and my grandfather by that time he had emphysema really bad he had couldn't play no no more and they had to take a lung out but he was still mm-hmm. around the drums and he was still pushing my mother so he said and you gotta go you gotta go so she goes to the gig sees james brown knew all his music now by this time she says you know that time you could go backstage so she went backstage and she had a small little line for autographs. So he got, she found a way to finagle her way to the middle of it. So she, so they won't be like, after you, it was out. So she found a way. Two people after her, he cut it. So it got down to her. And he was like, all right, baby, who I make this out? Give me a little stick. So she said, no. She said, I don't want your autograph. I want to play in your band. And he looked at my mama and said, you want to do what? She said, I want to play in your band. So, <laughs> so, so he's like, I don't believe this. She said, I can play anything your bandmates are doing and wear them out. And he's like, you hear this shit? He said, I'll tell you what. All right, come on, come on, come on, come on. So she goes to the side and there was a guy there. He said, look, all right, that's it. I'm sorry, babies, I got to go. And she said, you come back with me. So my grandfather and my mother and there's one guy from Africa with his wife and two kids. So he said, so you really can play. See, I got, I got an idea. He said, well, I'm coming back here in seven months. This man right here, his name is Morchon. He's a master drummer from West Africa, from Senegal. He's a djembe player. Now, this is where it gets deep. Now, he's not Whoa. my dad, but he's really close to my father. <laughs> and these is his wife, Kene, and these is two kids. His two kids was named Muhammad and Ali, and Aliou. <laughs> now, she worked for him seven months and learned all the traditional stuff, blah, blah, blah. She goes and comes back. James Caesar, she sits in, turns it out. She said, all right, well, we got next two days, Indianapolis and so-and-so. You coming? You got the opportunity. She Whoa. left. She did Indianapolis. <laughs> she gets a call from my, my auntie, says, daddy ain't doing good. He ain't going to make it. Oh, so wow. she choose. Do I stay and pursue my dream like my daddy want me to? Do I come back home? She comes back home. Yes, it didn't make enough time. Christmas Day comes. My grandfather passes away. She's in a form of depression for a year because my grandfather's gone. She hasn't touched drums. So my grandmother went to a church by the call St. Joseph's. 
at that church, there was a lady named Vera Bolden. Vera says, hey, mom, how's Ann doing? She said, well, she ain't been doing good, you know, dealing with my husband passing, her dad. She said, well, tell Ann, this African man come into town. I know she worked with more charm and all that type of stuff. And she know she was watching the kids and watching more charm play while the kids was drumming with her. And I'm gonna tell you who these kids are, which is gonna freak you out. Say, tell them, tell her to come. She said, I'll get her to try to come. So she goes, and this is this guy by the name of Oscar Sule Bramo, phenomenal composer, arranger, and drummer from Ghana, West Africa, working with the Lincoln Senior High School Jazz Band under the direction of the saxophonist Ron Carter. At this time in the early 80s, in 81, that was the number one jazz school for young black children in the United States as a high school. I mean, that's where Russell Gunn, Montez <clears throat> Coleman, um, mm. um, Montez I know Coleman, Russell's Russell from Atlanta. Exactly, Russell mm -hmm. Gunn, Montez Coleman. Uh, what's my man that played drums? Charlie, Charles Haynes. All came from mm, yeah that school from Lincoln. So my so my daddy is in there showing this style of music, high life music, but playing futuristic jazz, high life mix. And they, the horn parts was unreal, and the rhythms were unreal. And he was like, "Okay, okay, drama, you don't get this. Ah, what, 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 who's working? Run, who's working with the drama? I need someone who can work with the drama. What's the drama?" And they say, "The, the drama is coming." So the drummer's having a problem. So he said, ah, "What's the drama?" So finally, this woman walks in, and they say, "They just got the drummer just got here. The instructor, the assistant. Where, where, where is he? No, it's not a he." Her woman, <laughs> no, <laughs> he said he did it just like that. <laughs> now, all these young girls that was in there that was singers and was playing trombone and trumpet, and he said, <laughs> and it just so you guys can know what <laughs> means <laughs> means in African vernacular, you ain't. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> So if African man tell you, oh, oh, it's over with. So he saw her, he says, no way. <laughs> so he did, he says, oh, you play drums, eh? Uh-huh. Okay. So I will show you, okay, this is the part. We call this rhythm blue beat. I make it. It's a mixture of jazz and panlogo. You know panlogo? She, my mom said, hell no. She said, ah, okay. <laughs> she said, you have to play left foot place. One, two, eh, eh, eh. One, two, eh, 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 eh. The foot says, Gugun, Gugun. The left hand says, Ping, Kaka, Togo, Gugun, Ping, Kaka. The right hand says, All at the same time. If you can do it, then I know you are a drummer. But what, but the funny thing was that he had met nobody to do it. Not even nobody in Africa. <laughs> so he started like, She's not going to be a player. <laughs> and I know what she said. Okay. And his first mouth said, Woman. <laughs> From that day, and I tell people all the time, I wouldn't, I'm not here because a man fell in love with a woman because they was pretty, it was beauty. I'm here mm. because of love of music, which is a different mm. form of love. Mm. My existence is a love between two people who saw music as their deity, their way of life, mm. the essential fact of their being, their heart, their spirit, their whole 
entity was music. So for me, I don't, you know, it's what like my mommy say, what like, you know, I was in love with your daddy because it was ugly as hell, you know. (laughs) 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 He said, but it was the one of the most beautiful men I've ever met because his knowledge of music and the way he saw music and the way he fell in love with music, it was almost like I could see your grandfather. It wasn't like a love, like, because she was a drummer. She understood what the heart of what music was. And at that time, you know, you didn't see that many women drummers. You didn't see it. And so when my father would tell me, he would say, Anne was not from this planet. She can swing. She can play funk. She can play African music. But she can understand everything I do. She said, I never met a human being like that. She said, that's why you are you. Had it not been for that, you would have been somewhere cooking something. <laughs> he, he laughed. He, he tells the truth. So, but remember, I was telling you about the little babies that the Jimbe player that she, my mother, was working with for seven months. Oh wow! Uh, with, I remember with James Brown. You know who this kid was? It oh. was two kids named one boy named Muhammad Cham and the oh. other kid named Aliun Cham. Aliun Cham is known. It was a great Jimmy player. He was the son of uh, 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 of Mochan, but his name is Akon. Are you familiar with him? The mm. rapper? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Akon yeah. grew up in East St. Louis. His father w- was brought to the United States because of Catherine Donald, a great, the great choreographer dancer. and dancer. Exactly. Yeah. So I that's one of the things for years wow. I worked um, with this man and I worked um, with this group of people. And I, I must say, I talk about Catherine Dunham because if it wasn't for Catherine Dunham, there would be no Jimmy playing in America because of mm-hmm. Catherine Dunham and Harry Belafonte because they were able to bring this narrative of African ideology and thinking from West Africa to the United States. So I always honor them when I talk about the history of folklore and music in America, particularly really about Jimmy music because of Harry Belafonte's connection with Guinea, yeah. with bringing the National Ballet of uh, Le Ballet Africans to the UN. He had his hand mm-hmm. in that as well as the relationship between Catherine Dunham having a hand from this festival in Senegal in 1964 called Festman, where Catherine Dunham, Harry Belafonte, Alvin Ailey, um, mm-hmm. uh, Judith Jameson. Um, Judith Jameson. Oh, she's yeah, my was hero, at this man. Festival. It was the yeah. first ever Pan-African festival that was created at that time. So I must say, I always must pay hom- come homage to that so i love yeah. telling that story because it's a lot isn't it? <laughs> yeah. but that's my that, that's my mom and my daddy my mama if she was alive and my dad was alive they would always laugh say ah, no woman can play like like and ah, no woman i tell you straight and even that's why i must say my little sister one of my close friends nikki was very tight with my mother she's like yo weedy your mother was nothing to play with even for her last days on this earth, she knew drums. She knew the, the conversation and the vernacular, mm. how to make the narrative come out into whatever style of music and what she was trying to convey to come out. She was very powerful, you know. You're talking about yeah. Nikki Glassby? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she came on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. my, that's, how I know Nikki well. Five years, in five years as a member, five and a half years, almost six years as a member of the Nth Power. Rain, mm-hmm. sleet, and snow. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's a whole other that's a whole other relationship when you like you love someone but you respect the hell out of them like exactly. that's a whole other thing man like i've loved a lot of women my wife is in healthcare, and i once like snuck into the intensive care with donuts and coffee for her and the other nurses to mm-hmm. just you know and i and i i wasn't supposed to be up there it was a locked unit and they were i said where's lisa and they pointed and i went over and i looked through the window at what she was doing and I thought she was checking pulses and, you know, replacing water bottles and stuff. But no, someone had just woken up out of a coma and realized they weren't going to walk. And she had to deal with all of it. And I'm like eating donuts in the hallway, watching her like, oh, my God, this is what she does. And it, it gave me such a like an, I, I respected her before that. But, oh, my God, to like to see the things that she does and to and to experience it, watching it, it's like that's a whole other level of respect. Yeah, that's reality. That's what we call reality. Yeah. And for music, that's what we call the now. That's yeah. the now. Because you don't, relationships like that don't span that much. There was a movie I watched that where people watched it. They said, this is the most cheesiest shit, corniest shit I ever watched. It's called August Rush. I watched mm-hmm. that movie and I teared up <clears throat> because the fact of what brought them together is what the essential idea of what they looked at each other, the music. It wasn't like you're a beautiful person, you know what I'm saying, or you got this nice leather jacket, and you're, you got this body and these muscles. No, it was about the music, the, 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 the art, the art of what makes a human being the human being musically is what connects the people that are supposed to be connected. So, you know, you know, that, that's, that's, that's the reason why I think the way I think, I walk the way I walk, I eat, I think music the way I do, because it's because of them. And they learned it from yeah. their father's father's father. You know what I'm saying? So That's so beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I really want to, uh, well, you know, I want to get you on my educational app. Oh, yeah, you know. Teach the rhythm. But I also want to learn the, start learning the folkloric tradition, the spiritual the mm-hmm. religious part of it, you know, it seems you have this knowledge that spans many, many countries in Africa. Man. <laughs> I hear you talk about the folkloric tradition. It just seems like, and it carries you like a passport for Cuba, Brazil, Haiti, the, you know, the South America, since all over the planet, yeah, it's like man. a passport. It is. It really is. I mean, hell, it's, it's one passport that I can use now. It wasn't that much of a passport in the 1700s, but... Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, but, you know, I look at it like now that people can see the the sometimes the understanding how the song was born. You know, if you look at how the emotional music, music emotionally has changed throughout folkloric realms to certain realms that deal with, you know, forced ideas and forced ideologies, you know what I'm saying, to create a new narrative. It's very unique. It's very deep. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you look at blues, you look at jazz, you look at rumba, you look at panlogo, you look at all these different rhythms. Some of these rhythms weren't created because cats were happy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. It, Right. I I did a workshop a long time ago, and um, one of the things I said was the 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 mindset on one and three and two and four. Mm. You know, and 
it's so deep because we don't realize certainly being an African-American in this country. And for me, it's really unique to be born in Ghana and raised in America. Emotionally, the house where we felt music was different because I was taught rhythms because this represented X, Y, and Z. So we're playing for harvest. We know how to play this for harvest. This is played for this part from the morning to the afternoon to the evening from when we grab all the food and the musicians are accompanying the harvest, the syndicates. We take all of what we took from what we've harvested that day and bring it back to the granary and everybody that has worked will eat and pass it along to their friends, et cetera. But there's rhythms to accompany that. So were you accent when you work for a reason for community and, and for health and for happiness and for sharing and for the understanding of what a syndicate is, it's different when you're playing or if you're forced to work. Mm. Yes. You see? Yes. So the accent, yes. good example. Hmm. We have an instrument that's <laughs> you have we have a, a work device that we all know as the 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 uh the guard the hole, the till the ground, <clears throat> right? We till the ground, we till the ground. But when the drummers would accompany the Jimmy folks would accompany the the syndicates, the farmers, the where we would accent what they would work wouldn't be like it would be to go one, two, three, four, one, two, three. The accent is on the one and the three. A lot of people say, man, it ain't African on the one and three. Well, that's bullshit because that's where we accent at. Now, here's where we flip. The difference is when we was working in the United States and when the chain gangs and the different working and the different field holler and the hill hollers, the accent was what? One, two, three, four. Huh. Emotionally. Yeah. What I tell people is that what you're mm. hearing is not just a, 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 a joy in music. It's also a form of creating a new voice through pain and through and which from that sadness we created unhappiness. Mm. That's alchemy right there. That's a form of alchemy. That's yeah, laughing man. to keep from crying. Absolutely. Uh. And that's what exactly what it and is. Keep from dying. And from dying. Because if yeah. you didn't work, you was beat or dead. So when yeah. those people and then when they start singing, the accents was different than what the accents was back home. Emotionally different. Mm. So you you your your connection to what you're eating. It's emotionally different than the connection of what we were eating for joy, for happiness, the, mm. for New Year, for new crop, blah, blah, blah. We're eating to survive. So the nutrients that we are losing from the happiness of what we till the ground, from the mm. happiness from what we work to fill, has lost. But what gave okay. us a new form of nutrients and strength is the what? The music. Yes. That's why, you know... When I got down south, I couldn't leave. I still haven't <laughs> because it was really, it was getting that part, you know, the old gospel stuff, the old blues stuff, the old uh, jazz. You got to go to New Orleans, you know, because oh yeah, black people had drums there where they took them away elsewhere, you know, and um it's deep, man. That's so funny you say that because I, I've been thinking a lot about um, 
just like what would have happened if slavery hadn't happened. Like you wouldn't have any gospel, have blues, funk, jazz, country, or bluegrass, right? Yeah. Like you wouldn't have anything that we have without this horrible thing. You know, it was like transmuted and still trying to, and still being transmuted because it's, it's not a over. Brilliancy. <laughs> yeah. It's the deepest thing to say there's a brilliancy behind, behind this havoc, behind this hurt, behind this yeah. inhumane crisis. It's a brilliancy that happened behind it. That show you yeah. the brilliancy of a people who were able to triumph through all kind of bullshit. The worst kinds, yeah. And the worst kind. And then look at the music <laughs> that's being able to create and look at the the faces and the places and the the it, it went back. Nothing that that's the deepest part. It went back. Yeah. It went back. And that's why people like my dad was really a trip. I mean, and I love the blood that runs through my veins. I'm beyond honored. I don't know how the hell I get buzzed from New Orleans. I don't know how the hell I get buzzed from Ghana, from the two heaviest places that <laughs> really it, 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 it for me, I'm like, hey, I'm that motherfucker. I'm gay. Don't joke. <laughs> it's in my blood, not just to really like, are. you know, it's it, but I say that with what honor, you know, as 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 an honorable thing, because when you look at the culture from you look at, you know, the Maroon Indians, the, you know, when you look at the Maroon Indians, you know, dealing with the um Wild Chapatulas, you know, Yellow Pocahontas, all the, the black maroon Indians that's in New Orleans that was part of the, you know, enslaved Africans that were able to create, to keep the traditions from Africa and the indigenous people and combine them. That's something yeah. deep. When you look it at is. second line culture, when you look at <clears throat> Congo Square, when you look at the Treme, when you look at uh, Baby Dash, who was able to create a drum set on what they had, this is brilliant. Yeah. You know, we went to, uh, me and my wife went to this thing called the Gathering of Nations. It's the largest. We played it with Empire. Yeah. yeah. So when I went there, you know, New Orleans is my thing. And I found out, I think it's my great, great grandmother was born and raised in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like, oh, it is in my blood, you know. Well, I got there and I saw all the, you know, they have the uh, competition for dress and for dance. Mm -hmm. And when I saw all the Indian fashion, I was like, oh, my God. It just, like, immediately made me think of New Orleans. And it was exactly. like, well, of course, all those blacks and Indians met and mixed together. And that's how you got the – it's exactly the same. It's just got this, like, African take on it. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's what, exactly what it is. I mean, They, they should come able, to the gathering, you know? <laughs> yeah, man. They were able – they were able to leave – and find, you know, refuge with the indigenous people there. They were able to connect with them, share stories, share traditions, and they had to hide. So the ones that they thought was indigenous was indigenous, and the one they didn't know that wasn't indigenous were truly indigenous. So it was like, well, who the hell is, they didn't know. So yeah. that was the beauty behind it. It was all mixed together, yeah. It was all yeah. together, and so that's why, to find that culture and every year around, you know, around carnival time, you're going to see these different indigenous maskers, these Afro indigenous maskers 
to come out and show how pretty and beautiful they are with their bead work. And the bead work, yeah. now you know that's the deepest thing where you can see the bead work, the lineage from Benin and from Nigeria, from Yoruba and, and, and Fang people who are the, the keepers of bead work. That's why you can see it in Old Hispaniola and Haiti and mm-hmm. Haiti yeah. as well as in Nigeria. So that that's why I mean when I when I first went, I was like, this is the most amazing thing to see that Africa is definitely alive in this country mm-hmm. in the city of New Orleans. I don't even think New Orleans is a part of the United States. I think it's his own country. That's how I look. I've said that forever. I that's was like, there's point. no place in this country. No. And every city's different. I know every place is new, unique. Yeah, but and it's but New Orleans is a carve out. It's like completely, completely Man, so unique. Different. You know? New Orleans is his own place. You don't get no deeper than that place. Yeah, there's something like that. It's a confluence, like with Haiti and Cuba. I want to have this guy on Ned Sublet on the podcast. Oh, Ned! Look, Ned. Ned. You know, I know Ned well. He's a great guy. And they'll tell that's you, deep. there's a relationship between Cuba, New Orleans, and Haiti that's and very Haiti. profound. He t- he dropped some deep stuff. I, I clipped it out. Just uh, uh, I made I shot a video of a YouTube video because I was watching him do this long talk, and he said something so deep. Because I've been trying to tell people this: the condition in Haiti right now is not a mistake; it's on purpose. And this country has a huge hand in. The economic warfare that has historically and still to this Absolutely. day been perpetrated on it. But Ned Sublette hit on why. It's because that slave revolt in Haiti shook this whole It hemisphere. shook the French. Uh, uh, because, man, let's shook the like, hell out of the French. Well, the thing is, I didn't know that Ned Sublette said. He said a very small portion of slaves were in the United States. Like mm-hmm. really small. Like the most of them were elsewhere in Haiti. He said there's east, I think, east and west part of Haiti. One side was the rebellious side. They were the ones that that overthrew the yeah. French, right? And then they went to, or it was the east and west side of Cuba. He said they, the side of Cuba that they went Santiago. to is the side of all the like revolutionary ones. That's right now. And That's the other side is they're chill. So they they knew like this has to be stamped out because these people will not stop. They will kill you and they will revolt. And so it's it's a depression that's kept on them so that they won't rise up and do it again. <laughs> they had a lot of spiritual warfare with them too. Yeah. Let me tell and you. And they knew it. They, and yeah. they knew it. Because I asked somebody, I was like, how did Castro stay alive? And they said he had protection. Yeah. How do you have a little teeny island, man, Let me facing tell you. down the biggest country in the world like this for like 45 years? Just like one president after another. You, you, <laughs> you, you. People That's coming. Exactly. You like, well, exactly how do you do was, that? Man. I mean, people don't realize, you know, when you talk about the Great Revolt, when the Haitians fought back and won. Toussaint. Toussaint Overture, man. When Toussaint won, they had they had unforeseen forces working on their behalf. When you look at when you go and see Benin and see the history of the Benin and why Benin is probably one of the one places that still has eighty percent of their traditional way of life 
traditional belief system still going. And the rest is like, well, I mean, 70% is rest Christianity and Islam. That's amazing. Because guess what, guess yeah. what happens? In West Africa, there's maybe in Ghana, I can speak for Ghana, 70% Christian or 60% Christian, 20% Islamic, and the rest is folkloric traditional belief systems out. Mm. But everybody still believes in the, but everybody, so it's like it's 60% Christian, 20% Islamic, and the rest traditional belief. But we don't want to say that everybody is 100% in the traditional belief because they'll do X, Y, Z and be like, okay, I got my mega church. Let me go to the shrine and ask, can I get more people? Mm. Mm. <laughs> I've seen it out of my own eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I see it out my own eyes. And the and the the priest said, Ah yeah, I know Pastor So and so. Yeah, they come here for all they they ask to get their answers, the questions answered. And they ask for <laughs> protection and they ask for the shrine to give them big people so they can make big money. Yeah, and the shrine do its work. <laughs> we know. And they'll be like, Yeah. You see, watch, you see this guy? He's big pastor. I'm like, what? Yeah, watch. They go in the back, he comes back. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I was like, man, are you serious? Yeah, he says, we Aha. You think? Aha. I tell you, this country, everybody's traditional. Traditionalist. <laughs> they just won't tell you. <laughs> it's funny that that's where my t my African drum teacher is from. It's from Ghana. Yeah. Uh, Kojo Baden. Kojo Baden. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, man. Like, so I was seven years old when I met this cat and uh so that would be i was born in 64 so that's like 71. wow <laughs> crazy man that's crazy weedy's like yeah i don't go to go to bed yeah go to <laughs> me and my good friend atiba roy was talking about kojo baden that's part of history kojo baden sakakwe chief bay babatunde olatunji Towel Shabazz, Montego Joe, Laji Kambra, Mocham, um, uh, Baba Ishangi, uh, 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 Moses Mionis. All these people are legendary folkloric drummers who were able to create the new narrative in this country from the 60s to now. Yeah. So those are legends. I mean, you, you have to know them and you have to honor them. There's a song on my album where I give praise to a lot of those people who have left. It's called Sworn to the Drum. It's probably for me one of the most intense songs I've ever created and worked on and played because to have those names and to be on the sh those shoulders, those shoulders to be on those shoulders, that's a lot. That's a lot of spirit, man. Because those yeah. people, were, they, these are, they weren't like they were drummers in Africa, they were drummers, folkloric drummers in America when they were regaining an identity that was taken from them. And they were yeah. able to do that during the time where there was a lot of, that's why you, in the 60s and 70s, what was the one thing you saw in a lot of rallies? A photo of a drum. Cause it was the one thing they, they knew that unified people, or unified a, a group of people. And that's why you always had drummers. Kojo Baden, Saka Kwe, Chief Bait, you know, Nana Dinizulu, La Rock Bay, all these, these people were very influent and very influential of the sounds that we have now, whether you want to believe it or not. That's why Ola Tunji, and I'm, I'm so honored to say, 
Olatunji was the first artist to sell that many copies of, of his album in the 60s. Drums of Passion, boy. Drums was, of Passion, man. baby. It was in our house. I was like a Bible in our house, man. In the 60s. Yeah. You name me another African artist who was selling that many albums in the 60s. I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, man. Yeah. What, what, and, and, and what I, what I love about what you've done with that album is that it's going back and forward at the same time. Mm-hmm. You include so much modern and futuristic sound and you've got your finger on the on both pulses at the same time and it, it's so it's 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 really powerful to to listen to what's up everybody this is mike and today's show is sponsored by sunset lake cbd a vermont hemp farm crafting affordable cbd products designed to help with stress and sleep without breaking the bank Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located just outside of one of our favorite places, Burlington, Vermont. For years, Sunset Lake was a dairy farm producing milk for Ben & Jerry's ice cream. We had them on the podcast. In 2019, they diversified and started growing hemp for CBD. And Sunset Lake CBD crafts products with hemp grown on their family farm and ships them directly to the customer, cutting out all the cost associated with getting on the shelves at stores. They have CBD products for every occasion and offer tinctures, salves, edibles, coffee, smokables, and even for that anxious dog of yours, they have pet products. Ooh. I need to get some for my dog that's barking all the time. But mm-hmm. I'll tell you this. I use these. The Sour Bears. So good. They are CBD gummies. I literally, no joke, I take these every night. They help me sleep. And it's almost bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And I still, as I said it before, I'll say it again. You go to a long show, you come home, my 42-year-old ankles are not what they used to be. And I rub that salve all over them and uh, put them up, enjoy a, a nice cocktail, and uh, just let it ooze right into those sore bones. And you know what, folks? All you Comes a Time fans, if you check them out at sunsetlakecbd.com and use promo code TIME, T-I-M-E, you'll get 20% off all products. That's sunsetlakecbd.com. Use promo code TIME, 20% off all products. Sunset Lake CBD, farmer-owned, Vermont-grown. Thank you. Get you some. Now, you made time. Tell us about the Time Magazine. Yeah. Now, let me tell Congratulations. You let, me, let me tell you about Time Magazine. That shit came out of nowhere. That blew the whole band away. It was a Saturday evening. I was in Ohio, where I'm at now. I wasn't in New Orleans. I was in Ohio, and me and my wife was. She had went down the street to go to a. Um, I think it was during the time of Yom Kippur. They had a, a celebration. She went to down the street, and I was here at the house. And we have the band has the time to have a group text, and my guitarist. Um, Sam Dickey is an amazing guitarist and Ngoni player. He has a Google alert on my name. So he says, bro, look. 
And I look, Time Magazine's top 10 albums of 2021. And I saw my little, the same little photo in the co- in the back behind me, <laughs> in the corner. And I said, ain't no fucking way. That's the first thing I said, ain't no way. <laughs> magazine. So then I'm like, you know, Otil, I'm thinking it's time of essence. You know, <laughs> you know, like the knockoff of time. Like, this is time of essence. And I said, okay, let me look up Time Magazine. The Black right Time. On. The Black <laughs> Time. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking, like, I'm gotta... thinking, it can't be time. I'm thinking time of reality. Time is now. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm thinking I'm going to see somebody like that. And then I go, and I looked up, let me look up Weedy Bramer Time Magazine. First thing. Weedy Bramer, number seven. I said, no fucking way. Okay, I'm bugging. Let me just go on Time Magazine. If this the same font from the time that I see over here, I'm going to scream. Same damn thing. Then I said, top 10 albums of 2021 Time Magazine. Boom, the same thing I said. Now, it may be too intense. I was using the toilet at the same time. So now, getting that type of news and taking the shit is like... I'm sorry. It's a lot, but the truth is the truth. The truth is the truth. And I'm like, now you can't jump up. I had to to make sure my stomach was cool. I had to make sure I wipe and wash and make sure my mind was all together. (laughs) You know, because that's that's a giveaway. No wash, no wipe. You know, that's a good no wipe. That type of you know that type of <laughs> that, type, that type of news is a no wiper. Oh, yeah, you know, that's when you, you run know, back in. You guys you forgot something. You, you know when you walk and you slip on yourself. But you know, <laughs> so 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 I'm looking like this is a real thing. So I'm like, oh my god, I feel I can't believe. I'm sitting there like, oh my god. So the phone. So I, the phone is going off the hand of the the, the the group text. Are y'all seeing this? Are y'all seeing it? I say, Tilly, do you see this? I call my good friend, um, Christian, uh, formerly known as Christian Stiles, Zion Atunde Ajwa, great trumpeter, which we all know. I called him. I say, bro, did you see this? He says, we, we need to call. Every, this, this, is, this is beyond what you think. So... I want to tell Time Magazine, thank you for not being time of reality and actually being time. <laughs> and it was probably one of a uh, guys that was probably one of the greatest surprises that I think I could ever see. And I was right by, I think Kanye West Donda was number six. But the fact of the matter that I've made as a djembe player to be considered Amen. in Time Magazine, which is probably one of the most historic um, magazines of our time. I mean, presidents was in that magazine, you know. I mean, and I, when I look at that as a for as a Jimbe Fola and for my culture as a Jimbe player in the African folkloric realm around the world, that was a plus for us. That was set, basically yeah. telling the world that this instrument has its true voice in modern music in society. We're no longer the last ones hired and the first ones fired. We're no longer the, you know, this is a bongo. Everything is a bongo. This is a, a instrument that has a voice. I mean, you can't no longer say percussionist Weedy Bramer. You can, but if you're going to call me percussionist, you would have to call 
Corey Henry a percussionist. You have to call Robert Glasgow a percussionist. <laughs> we call <laughs> Nigel Hall a percussionist because they're all pianists, which are what? A part of Percussion. the what family? Percussion family. So you have to call the instrument its name and give it its just due mm. and say Jimbe Fola a Jimbist, as uh, as um, Glide Magazine says. Jimbist. Jimbist. <laughs> I like it. That's kind of neat. Call me yeah. a Jimbist. I ain't never Jimbist. heard that. I'm Jimbist. <laughs> But Jimbe Fuller, Jimbe, Jimbe player, Weedy Bramer has been able to cross. I, I was able to open a door for young Jimbe Fuller's around the world. That's not amazing. just African-American Jimbe Fuller's, not just African Jimbe Fuller's, but Jimbe Fuller's from all different realms, colors and creeds. They were able to see that it is possible to use this instrument and use your voice and go break it down. And that's what happened. So for me, I'm beyond grateful and honored about that. I mean, and well deserved. It, I mean, man, it's a phenomenal album. Yeah, it is, man. There's it some really, beautiful, really beautiful stuff. It is very forward, ancient futuristic, yeah. ancient futuristic music, man. It's a it's timeless, dude. But it's everywhere at the same time, and, and <clears> it's, it's. I'm telling you, man. I was trying to go somewhere. I mean. And O'Till, I, you know, with traveling with O'Till, I'm going to tell you, and I got to thank you, brother. O'Till, I really thank you. Because, I mean, a lot of times, you know, O'Till is probably one of the greatest, hands down, the greatest bases of our time. Because his, in, his, his insight of the instrument is not just playing. It's emotional. It's spiritual. It's being able to convey his, 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 his emotions at the moment on the instrument. And a lot of musicians can't do that. I can count on one hand. How many musicians can convey their emotion and you as a person, a spectator or a fellow musician or stay with him can feel and, and hear and, and understand that, digest that. Not that many musicians can do that. Roosevelt Collier is another one that can do that. Corey Henry is another one that can yeah. do that. Because you got to realize it <clears> takes <throat> the form of pain to go there and happiness. Not just yeah. pain, but happiness. But well, it's that same, uh, the well the same well joy and pain it, they, they, you know they, they it's just together. a yin and yang exactly absolutely yeah. and so for me you know to be able to to do to 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 create this and to have musicians around you that can teach you this is different so O'Teal, I say thank you for that bro because that album was a lot of emotion that I poured from my life as a Jim Bay Fuller, not being able to be either accepted or now that I've accepted it and now everybody knows the name of Weedy Bramer being the percussionist or the Jim Bay player, but not just looking at me as a Jim Bay Fuller, but as a composer, as a band leader, yeah. you know, as a person that wants to use this instrument as a melodic instrument, you know? Oh, it is, you know? dude. And it is. And it <clears> is. <throat> and a lot That's of people sad. don't realize if I, that album was that story. It was every song was in the order of how the life to this point went from full circle to Weedy Foley to Express Train to Bamako to Sako Dugu, which got nominated for uh, 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 for Best Jazz Soloist along with myself and Christian Scott Atunde Ajwa, Zion Atunde Ajwa, my brother. You know, nice. So I mean, all of those songs were a part of a story in my life. And it kept emotionally, I wanted to take the listener on a roller coaster where tears, happiness, laughter, you know, confusion, 
hurt, pain, were mm-hmm. all in there. It was like this. Yeah. But they never left folkloric music and they never left that the djembe is the one that's leading them. <laughs> and that was my job for this album. And so far, so great. And I thank God for that. Can you talk about some of the musicians on this album, man? Because there's some heavy players on it. Like, Jake, I got to get with him, man. I need to study. Oh, look, so, so check it out. And I want everybody, I want <clears throat> everybody to hear this. Come... April 5th and 6th, the two towers will meet. And I cannot wait because I, I talk to Sheckendoy almost every other day. And, you know, I have an impression I do of him. I don't want him to hear this, but I have to do it. Hey, man. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we did house. House Otil. Man, I can't wait to play with Otil, man. I, man, man, really, I can't wait to play with him, man. And, you know, the conversation of how he he's this eager to play. And it's like a, it's like a true joy. So shout out to Sheck and Otil because I can't wait because the Weedy Foley which we played it. Oh, I'm shutting up. Okay, so some of the guests He's on the, bass on, player. On the album. <laughs> some of the guests on the album. I must shout out the band starting off with Sheck and Doyle. This is my Ngoni bass slash bassist. Sam Dickey on guitar and Ngoni. Raja Cassis, <laughs> Munir Zaki on the Sangba set. Luke Coranta on Dunu set. Shay Pierre on keys, Courtney Smith of the formerly of the Nth Power, which is the original member of KP, my old band, on keys. Um, the guest was unreal. I have from the States, I have Christian Scott of Tundeadra. I have Trombone Shorty. I have Corey Henry, Mumu Fresh. Who was playing Peter. flute? On, so now I'm about to get the Elena Pendy. Man, she is bad. Elena Pendy Hughes is probably one of the greatest artists of our time. Currently, she works with Christian Scott, along with she works with um, uh, Herbie Hancock. She's been playing with Herbie as well. She's bad, dude. Like my brother say, you yeah, would have to dude. skydive to find somebody that's amazing. <laughs> you know, yeah. so. I mean, you have him, Pedrito Martinez, Osain Del Monte, Alain Perez, um, Basile Cone, Petita Damajara, uh, Terrence Martin. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's the, it, you got the it. all these people. It was unreal. Wow. Unreal. <laughs> and the list goes on and on and on and on. You know, so it, it, it's one of those albums that I know it's this for me. And someone told me this and it broke me down to tears. He said, brother, you did your drums of passion in the year 2020. You did, man. He said, you did. I've taught so many people that. Yeah. For me, I just feel like I did with my soul. But to hear one of my close friends who I respect very heavily as a musician to tell me that, it brought me to tears. It makes me teary-eyed now because I I don't see it, but, you know, because it's a legendary album. But I, 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 I don't think, I think God had a plan to get all these people together, you know? Yeah, it's going to, it it will be known. It's ahead of its time, <laughs> you know? I cannot but wait to be in that room up. for the at the Blue Note, too. Of all places, too. Such a special room. And we can't room. even tell the secret about who's coming. Oh, yeah. So it's some, it's some, it's some, it's some <laughs> secrets coming out. Oh, Lord. <laughs> 
It's some secrets coming out, man. Y'all so, better be there. Blue note. It's the, oh, my. I still was like. Yo, I hadn't so, even posted it yet. I'm going to post that. I was playing this one Reedy Foley. Oh, my God. I'm going to so post so it real funny. soon. That's so amazing. So, look, O'Till, this is so cool. So, you guys get to hear the behind the scenes of what's happening. So, this is going to be the first time we played it. We oh, really? Never, <laughs> we ain't never played it live. Because, right. hell, we've been locked down. Yeah. Of course. Duh. Of course. So and so it's very cool because now we're playing it instrumental because we have the great Hatuma Sila singing and my sister and good friend Miss Mumu Fresh, aka Mamuna Yusuf. Um so and, and they won't be there, but one may be there, one may not. Who's to say? But to play it <laughs> instrumentally with this band was really cool because it shows you how off these musicians in my band are because they was like, oh, we could try this, man. I'm like, no, wait a minute now. My idea is to, you know, not to go to the Cosmos on the second or the third song of the album. I mean, on, <laughs> on the show. We got to let it breathe. <laughs> so I was like, look, man, the third song of the those show. Those buildings are old in the West Village. You got to go easy oh, on those bricks, man. No, no shit. <laughs> So yeah, Weedy Foley. And Weedy Foley is a special song because it's the first song that was brought back to Africa on the folklore realm. In the folklore realm, mm. it's mm. not traditional djembe mm. rhythm in West Africa. It's not mm. exactly. So mm. when we were in the studio, I had the baddest djembe players of our time all together: Basidi Kone, Petita Damajara, and we in the studio, and they say, Weedy. Says it quiet. What what says what is the time the time? What's the time? And I showed him, he says, Oh, and to hear a uh, uh, Molly say shit, a shot. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, oh, we did no. So <laughs> we was in there, they were playing this groove, and when the groove finally got was what became solid. Where they accented the phrasing was if I was playing a traditional rhythm for Molly. But the oh. idea was to take elements of that traditional rhythm that what you could play, whether it's Sunu, whether it's Gui, I mean Sunu, Didadi, Madang, and put those that the emotion behind them, but play the narrative that comes from this culture, this side of mm. the water. Yeah. Oh. And blend those two ways. That means that if it's a, a lady from Mali and a lady from East St. Louis both dancing together, they will be able to move. And not that you would just be seeing dancing. <laughs> You'd be like, okay, they dancing. But you wouldn't realize is that they're both dancing in harmony, not dancing. This is where we feel the, the groove. No, this is where it is. There's no war. So yes. it's basically yes. nothing yes. water. Oh. Yes, that's it. That's it, man. It's a solution. <laughs> it's the solution. It's Maybe incredible. that's why war is so different in Africa because everybody was grooving together. Yeah, yeah that's the cool. When we put with someone, may put juju somebody. Then after that, if don't you don't die, come back. You don't die. Okay, well, <laughs> okay. 
we are fine. Moving on. Big, big party. <laughs> oh. It's obvious, oh. like, when you, when you think about, like, that whole, like, the danger of one story, you know, that's the thing I think about when, like, folks, like, like people who were raised to appreciate folklore and appreciate culture and appreciate learning from your neighbor instead of going, they don't think like we do, so they're wrong. That's how this continues, right? I mean, that's the thing that's so important. That's what I've always was so fascinated by with Native American literature and Native American stories. And like you said earlier, you know, there's always a drum. When when you show those Mm -hmm. moments, there's always a drum. I was watching something recently about, um, I believe it was right around the Grand Canyon, and they're putting in all of these, you know, uranium like like they're destroying the land essentially oh, around geez. the grand canyon and there mm-hmm. was a group uh, 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 i'd say maybe like five or six native folks there and one was playing a drum and four were dancing and and the the grandmother said we're doing this because when we stop doing it it stops it's, it's over stop. and that's it it's, it's just over. over and it's like wow like that that to hear that and see it is such a sobering like how many times has that happened? God. And that's the biggest thing to say. I'm doing this song, Weedy Foley, because if we don't create and we, so think about it. Yeah. If you don't continue a, 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 a continue a narrative, what happens? There's a new narrative, right? And the past narrative that we was thinking stops unless you create two things: a form and a fashion to keep tradition going, and a form and fashion to evolve the tradition that you're learning. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So the kids in, in, in certain neighborhoods <clears throat> may not know what Sogolon is or Sungurubani. Or, or they may not know, but they learn Weedy Foley, which then will continue, potentially lead them to Sungurubani, Didadi. Because guess what? If I was, and I did this at a school, I did a workshop at a, at, at a, uh, uh, at a Q&A at a school, high school, you know, and the kids was like, okay, cool. This, this guy about to come up there and play some bongos. So at the end of the day, they learned about the instrument and the name X, Y, and Z. And then I played the album, like Weedy Foley. I wanted to see the middle section, how it was going to hit them. And I'd be damned from the first drop. I thought they was going to be like, oh, this is cool. From when the drums came in, the folks was like, oh, this is, oh, this go hard. But when the beat dropped and we used the collar Instead of a beat machine, the whole room lost it. I said, damn. Wow. Wow. Because, you know, it's showing that it's connected. It's showing the 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 the, the kinship of the of the music. And so yeah. I, I wasn't expecting them to go crazy when the <clears throat> rhythm dropped the first time. But when they dropped the first time they lost it, I said, oh. and then in my mind, I was like, if they dropping it for this, they about to lose their fucking mind. <laughs> Damn. And, and, and just so everybody knows, if you listen to Weedy Foley, there's a middle section where the beat drops and you hear ah, a hip-hop groove on top of what we're playing. We're not using any fake uh, machine instruments. All of those are folklore drums. We use a calabash and claps to yeah. drop the beat. Because oh. I said, I want to keep it traditional, you know what I'm saying? And shout out to uh, my amazing little brother and producer who was a part of production on that, which was Munir Zaki. He is a problem. Man, he he's is, an amazing, He is a true problem. So, I yeah. mean, he's a, he has a lot of amazing albums out. So, you know, 
But for what he, the work he did on that song, I, I can nothing, do nothing but, you know. And we, 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 I can honestly say, we came together. When I said I wanted to do it like that, he says, "That's it, Weedy." Now we'll see the reaction. And when you get the children to react like that, culture yeah. will never die. <clears throat> That's right. But as long as the water flows and you know, and the grass grows, culture will never die. Yeah, man. How many different languages do you speak? Or through this folkloric tradition, because it seems like it's it's many different countries. You, you, let me tell you something. It's it's what was spoken in around my father's house was his gun. Of course, English, French from traveling with the national members from members from the National Ballet of Senegal and National Ballet of Guinea, Malinke or Meninka Kong, you know, to get me where I needed to go when I'm in Mali, uh, Wolof. Thanks to my wonderful wife, Talise, you know, from years, years before, um, I was always infatuated with the music of Yusundu and Baba Mall. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Dudes, yeah. Yeah. So, so just being able to learn the words from singing them for years and find constant, you know, the, 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 the uh, the 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 connection between words and how they are using them in traditional ways because a lot of people learn languages but they don't realize when you learn a language the vernacular of that lang language is is connected to its music and not just because mm. you're singing a song folkloric music you have to be able to play the language of the instrument drum per se and speak the language of the people so when we play certain phrases in, 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 in Ghana, we know how to play to make the people give us money. We know how to play to make the people happy. We know how to play to make the people look at a person in the room. We know things to say for the mm. chiefs. We know things to say on the drum that's going to make people be like, okay, this party is over with, and now next thing is happening. Mm -hmm. but, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's not like it's playing. Time you know, to we, go home, y'all. <laughs> you know, exactly. No, 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 absolutely. There's phrases that we play, we call that labang. So we have a rhythm called soli labang, soko labang. If you ever hear labang at the last of a rhythm, that means that's the last rhythm of the night. Oh. After this, it's no more. Oh, wow. Okay. So there's certain phrases we can play at the end of the, at the end, when it, we know it's about the end. If I say, everybody know, okay. And it, it won't be like, <laughs> that's it. It's gonna be like, all right, let me get my purse. They done. <laughs> <laughs> let me check I my phone. You, I cannot wait to see It's you. the truth. I can't wait. That's why I always say, you know, I say when I and and I love it's a it's a lot of amazing drummers in the United States from Nicky Deitch, uh, Robert yeah. Spud, C. Wright, Chris Dave, uh, Stan Moore, Al Ford. Uh, yeah, that's some. I mean, the list goes on, 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 <laughs> on. I mean, there's a lot of amazing, amazing, amazing drummers. But I always tell drummers in the West. It's nothing wrong with feeling what you're playing. It's like, you know, when you say you're feeling the music and you're feeling the groove and you're feeling this, you're feeling that, it's different from saying you're feeling something. For me, I have a feeling and an emotion that I'm playing from, but I have an obligation to be, I have to be able to speak for the people that this music belongs to. Mm. So that means 
I'm not just going to be playing. Yeah. So what are you saying on this? You know, I was going and, you know, you know, spirit was telling me, well, what spirit is different for me? <laughs> because when I'm playing for the actual deity, they want us to do this. As the reason says, we play this, we do this from today. We have to play this from this time, this time. And then when they want us to stop, we'll find out. They will know once it leaves the room. So we know how to play for spirit and how to work spirit. Different than saying, oh, man, you know, it, it, I was feeling. I don't feel shit. It told me it's saying that because when, you, and when, you, when you're sworn to the instrument, the work that you do before you even do the work that you have to do for the rest of your life is going to be the, the title of how you are going to be sworn. So you don't just be like, oh, I want to be sworn to the drum. So I'm going to start playing drums now. And then wait, one day I get married to the instrument and then doing me and the instrument becomes one. No, there's a certain pedagogy, there's a certain proto protocol that you have to follow for that instrument to be able to say, you on this instrument are like this. Then from that, you have to realize that you as a musician and the priest or the chief or whoever's the spiritualist of that area are just as important as each other. You all are one because they cannot do it without you because you have mm. the, the ashe on your head. You have the ayubo on your head. You have the nyama in your spirit. You have the nyamakala uh, in your heart. So when you're initiated to an instrument, you're sworn to instruments both spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and physically, which means that there's work and certain things that has to be done for you to call spirit down when you play. Yes. The obligations must be fulfilled first. To, if you don't, you'll just playing a bunch of that's the difference from playing what yeah. you feel and when playing. You remember the you remember the karate kid? I always talk about this. Remember karate kid too? When Daniel's son had to fight um Sutton. And then Mr. Miyagi told him, Daniel son, this ain't for point. This is for real. Yeah. Every yeah. time I play in Africa, or if I play for a ceremony, I think of that moment because it's no longer playing for a bunch of screaming people. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> this is playing for what some likes. Oh, you, oh, you want me to come, huh? Because if I keep playing and I actually <laughs> to come and they come, and they come, or it comes, or when it happens, you what are you going to do for them? Then you got to play for it. You're not playing for the people in the room. Mm -hmm. You're playing for it so it can work the room. That's a difference. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, absolutely. So uh, when I tell drummers, <laughs> will you play with me? Okay, yeah, we can have fun and trade and play some, play like we play hopscotch and play some, have some, eat some candy and, and chips and cookies, but that's, that's child's play. That's Part one. Yeah. Now, if you want to go to the next level, be prepared for what comes with it. Are you even prepared to even be? Are you? Are you? Are you strapped? Are you protected? So whatever comes, you know how to move it when it hits you. But you won't be like, "Why am I feeling like this?" Because yeah, are you ready to be possessed? <laughs> because you when you know the secrets of it, drummer can never be possessed because we're the we we we're the ones that calls it down. If yes. a drummer get possessed in Africa. We're going to say, it's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> because the idea is to play for spirit. Spirit don't come to the drummer and it hits them because who's going to, it won't stay. Spirit mm -hmm. is like, the drummer is the remote control with uh. the battery. When you push on, 
is what comes through that, emo that, that remote control. That spirit. When you press that, when you take that cord and put it in the wall and it goes through all those circuits, what's inside of the circuit that makes the energy? What is the electricity is spirit? What you push is us. But once we in, we ain't moving. The only time <laughs> we will stop unless you do this, turn it off. Plug it. And unplug. by that time, they're gone. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, so I, that's all. I'm sorry, can't people. I can't wait. get too deep. That's all I can tell you about that. Because <laughs> I know y'all like, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> no, like I wanted to ask you about. I heard something about these rhythms. Who told me this? There's some Santeria rhythms or something that was that were always kept secret, and now they're coming out or something. Let me tell you something. There are more people becoming babalaos and priests and practitioners in the traditional and Santeria, Ifa, Lukumi, outside of traditions who are foreigners or who are learning about traditions, which is beautiful. So now the secrets are out. You got to realize when people talk about magic, you got to realize there's a science to the universe, right? And that's something we all, E equals MC square, right? There's a, a or what's they call it called? A periodic table, right? We all agree that's that. <clears throat> Within the periodic table, you got to realize what makes the periodic table it. The science behind it. It's the science behind carbon. These are all natural resources that was created from the earth. What makes that is what makes the unseen work. Mm. And people don't realize that, that, that it is what it is. Because something created that so we can have it. It didn't just create on its own. So when we say that, when we do spirit, certain practices and traditions, we use certain things that can cause spirit down because it gives us strength. So the unseen forces that you, you have, the certain people that understand those things, you learn that, you learn about the secrets of how to do, quote, unquote, the, not even, quote, unquote, the, the readings, which means that if someone needs to know what's happening, and why X, Y, and Z is happening. You ask the shrine, you ask the, 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 the deity, or you ask your babalao, the ask the question, why is this happening? What's happening tomorrow? And if something's going to happen or when this is going to happen, they have those answers and you can get an answer. It's not like tarot cards. It's like, oh, touch this one. Oh, it says that you represent the snake. You know what I'm saying? No, <laughs> I don't have them against it. I'm just saying that I'm that, and it could still be the thing. But from what my reality is, and from what I've seen, from Weedy's heart, from my circle, and from my reality, is that when you deal with certain things that have a certain formula from the earth, from the unseen, you ask it questions and you put it in your head, and it works for you, and it says, okay, blah 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 blah. This is going to be blah blah blah. There's a a big so and so is going to happen. If you want to change this, we must do uh, make a ebo. We must make a, a a sacrifice for you for this. And then when we do this, you know, nine times a ten, it won't happen. If you do the reading with the chicken, and you throw the chicken there, and it lands on his back, and these type of things, you know, what I'm saying a lot of people be like, "What kind of shit is this that you hear?" You can say it's child's play. You can say it's fake. But because I live this, and when you hear me play, and you hear, you're not just hearing music. That just created in my mind. You hear my, my reality and my story, and all this is part of my story. So when you see these things, 
that's when you ask that question. There's a lot of unseen forces and things that are coming out because mm -hmm. the secrets are being learned by people <clears throat> who want to see what it can do. And when they learn those things and they start the reality and the truth of it, then it starts going to people's like, well, I want to do this. And it's almost like it's like being able to have water and just drinking out the well, 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 until the well has nothing else because it's replenishing everything. So we have to be very careful of how we speak and act when we're dealing with these folkloric ways of life because spirit can haunt you and it can take you out. Good example. They have something called the annual reading in the Santeria tradition, right? In our con tradition, they have the same thing. So January the 1st, on, on, on the first day of January, right? They did the reading and they all was like, Everybody in, in Nigeria, Benin, Nigeria, Brazil, they did the reading there. And folks were like, y'all see this shit? <laughs> y'all, <coughs> what the hell? Everything is going to stop. What the fuck? It's over. Wait, wait, there will be a stop. What the hell? It will be the biggest silence ever. And then somebody was like, did your reading come out the same? Yeah, it's going to be the biggest havoc and silence ever. Pandemic. <laughs> Wow. Now, mind you, and know if people's like, oh, that's that hooga booga. <laughs> Is that much hooga booga to tell they, babe? I bet you the same hooga booga that told us the time's gonna stop. Had they had stopped at home working from their house with their kids going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I'm saying that to say, <laughs> I'm saying this to right. say, is that there's, 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 there's codes to the universe that we don't really know about as for yeah. the fo for the folks that don't know. So I tell drummers when they play that, you know, you can play what you feel, but it's always important to learn something to make you be able to speak. That's why people like Art Blakey, Max Roach, they <coughs> play from a different place because they had tapped into something that I think in my heart that that was close to what it was. But because it was like ancestral recall coming back, it hit them differently. Idris, yeah. Great example. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Mm hmm. That's why I want to learn this tradition from you, like go deep on it. So, because I've got, I feel it, I hear it, I'm playing it, but I don't know. I want to know, no, no, all. Yeah, but it is. It just takes us some time. I know that rhythm that says it's time for everybody to go home. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. You know, in the West, we have so many grooves. Boom. You know what I'm saying? We got so many grooves. You know, they got so many grooves, but grooves is great. But in West Africa, we don't have grooves. We have rhythms. We got yes. rhythms. This situation, this situation, this situation, this, da, 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 da. And they're melodies. And they're me exactly. In each country and each ethnic group. So if all of that is happening. That means that you have to understand either one, an ethnic group, pick an ethnic group, find out what rhythms they play, on what instrument, on uh, what ethnic group, what instrument, what area, what style of, of playing they play, and the way they speak within the rhythm. Before we even say, well, I learned this rhythm, now I'm gonna learn this rhythm from this ethnic group, I'm gonna learn this, I'm gonna learn this. So now you have all these different vernaculars and you're mixing them all together because you learn so many rhythms. Find out the vernacular yeah. of the one language and the what ethnic group and the music before you move next. Because if you don't, you'll just be speaking like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm going to study with you, man, soon. Dude, we want to keep you. And I got to go myself because I got a gig tomorrow and I got to leave early. Oh, and you got to leave early morning. and you got all and that music. Well, and I got to cram some music in my head. But man, it's so good to see you. Everybody come out to yeah. the Blue Note. I can't April. wait to can't wait to Fifth shake and your six, hand right? And say thank you. That's right. Yeah. We're gonna it's have O'Till with us play a couple of tunes. You know what I'm saying? And it's gonna be a great night for music. It's gonna be an uplifting night. It's gonna be a spiritual journey. It's gonna be happiness, emotional. It's gonna be the first time that I can say I'm back at the Blue Note after when you know, this is my third time back in the Blue Note. So, and I'm happy to have a legend like this with us on stage. So I'm just I'm honored. Man, I'm. I'm honored and I'm psyched. So bless you, brother. Man, oh man, oh friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> all good things. All good things and all, all good, good time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us and congratulations on the album once more as well. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. It was wonderful. See you in um, a couple of weeks, Mike. Yes. Hell Can't yeah, wait. Man. All right. Okay, O'Till. See you soon, brother. Love you, man. Love you. <laughs> Bye. Osiris. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.